Hello, and welcome to our podcast, The Magical Holistic Healing Arts, where we're interviewing different practitioners of many modalities and sharing ways to take care of our sacred body vessel. I'm Erica Hicks. And I'm Lynn. And we are also proud sponsors of Kangen Water. Have you ever heard of Kangen Water before? Ask us about it. It's the magic elixir to our lives. And because it is microclustered, you don't get bloated when you drink this water. It's able to absorb, in, absorb into each of your cells really easily. So dr- drinking this water is just magical. On today's episode, we have Mary Wagstaff, who is a holistic alcohol coach and a yoga teacher and works with the divine feminine. So I'm really excited to, for her to talk about her magic and what her magical art is. So Mary, tell our listeners what's your magical art. I just wanted to first of all say thank you guys so much for having me and I it's just so good to see you guys both together again um, even if we're at a distance yeah. uh, I can feel your vibes for sure um, well my magical art is one of many um, I do currently work as a holistic alcohol coach so I help women stop drinking and examine their relationship with alcohol um, and really move into that next level of their life and really decide to live a life that they love so so um, the approach is a little bit different where we're not just stopping drinking, but we're, you know, really moving into the future focused version of yourself um, and to get into what's possible as a woman, as a, you know, as an amazing, awesome woman. And um, so that is one of the things that I'm really, really in, interested in, you know, getting out into the world because I really feel like my approach is quite different than traditional approaches of just white knuckling willpower. Um, and it's really coming from a place of inspiration, creativity, uh, compassion, and allowing. And so personally, one of my magical powers, and I believe it's your magical power too, mm-hmm. as women is our, um, is our emotional body. It's something that I am constantly developing and I'm really wanting my clients to tune into more and more. Um, It was really the piece that um, helped me break through my relationship with alcohol was tuning into that divine feminine essence of being an emotional woman. And I think for so many centuries, um, it's really been repressed as women. And I do think it is our superpower. I think it's our tool for pleasure and power. And it's actually a privilege to be able to tune into those phases of, of the self. And, you know, we work with the moon phases because she is that reflection of our internal rhythms. And when we can tune into that, and like you were saying, Lynn, like the allowing piece is just like such a guide, uh, you know, a compass for, hey, what's going on with my body, with my relationship with this person? Am I holding on to a story that doesn't serve or that's not even true? (laughs) You know, we hold on to these stories, especially around alcohol that just were like, yeah, maybe that was true once, but like I'm a different person now and I want new things. And so really helping women find um, and, you know, really tuning into and honoring and owning their emotional body, I think is one of the most magical powers, not only do I have, but I think all human beings have, but especially women. And I just think it's been repressed and we've been told that we're too emotional, we're too bitchy, we're too sensitive, we're too excitable, we're too this, we're too that, we're silly, or not serious. And it's like, no, sorry, no more. <laughs> so that's definitely something day by day by day. And as, as I get older too, I 
really have to, um, to honor that and not feel guilty when I'm in a phase where it's, you know, I'm like, I'm a busybody. My partner's a busybody. He runs around all the time. And I'm sometimes I'm like, I need to just sit and chill. Like, I just don't want to do all the things today. And I really want to take a day just to be and rest in the hammock and look at the trees and whatever. And that's been something, um, I don't know if I grew up with some more masculine energy, but just being is definitely a practice. Um, but I think is a superpower because it kind of recharges you and it lets you enjoy the intricacies of the life around us. So yeah. yeah. And you know what? I want to um, make a comment because that just be like when you're saying women and I share in that emotional nature and supporting people to find that peace with that, mm-hmm. you know, we are on a cycle, like you said, the moon reflects and there is that time in our cycle every month where we are naturally just wanting that involution, that um, settled connection with ourself. And we don't honor that because we don't honor the rhythm that we are different. And because Mm -hmm. it is that patriarchal 24-7 versus we dance, we're Mm -hmm. syncopated, where the emotional nature is like the artistry and the rhythm and Mm -hmm. the fun of things. It's not like a march. And so I think yes. naturally, every month we have that state of wanting to be in Venus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. And we just don't really always honor it or we talk ourselves out of it or whatever. So kudos for yeah. supporting women and noticing. I mean, it is. It's a practice for us all, even if we know. Yeah, and I think it's really it's really unfortunate. And, and you know, for whatever reason with the patriarchy, is, is, is it a fear of not being able to control everything in every moment? And I think that's a lot of it. But it's obviously like, you know, the like you were saying, that flow isn't, is the grace. It's, it's the earth energy. It's the cycle. It's the rhythm. It's the spiral. And it is nature. It's, I mean, it's encoded in our DNA, a spiral, right? And it's just, I think that that's where so much of people's spiritual deficit. And we talked about this a little bit, Erica, I think on our call, but like, the filling that void, I mean, that's what the work you do, right? Thirsty for spirit. It's just filling that void that we don't even know where it is because it's been stripped from us. It's been stripped from us, that deep connection to our truest nature. And so I think we're constantly searching outside of ourselves. And then you get a little glimmer of it with that freedom, that alcohol, or or it could be fill in the blank, right? It could be anything for so many people. But, um, and then you keep trying to find it. And then at a point, it's just not doing it. And you're, and then you're like disappointed. And then it kind of takes you lower than you were. And you're like, Oh, you know, so I think for me, that connection to spirit and the divine feminine tuning into my, my cycles and rhythms and, you know, it's not instant gratification, but the more you do it, the more it's the subtlety that becomes so much more, um, like long, you know, longer lasting and the real pleasure that actually has more implications for your future too. It's like it kind of builds on itself. And so it might not be that quick flood of dopamine right away, but man, I've been doing a ton of ecstatic dancing um, in the last year and it's just been like, it's changed my life. I started hula hooping also at hula hoop dancing when I um, started changing my relationship with alcohol really right after I met you, the two of you, I was kind of just had started my journey and um, getting into that embodiment piece. And that's why I call myself a holistic alcohol coach because 
there's no separation between the mind, body, heart, and spirit when it comes to changing your relationship to alcohol, especially if you want it to be long lasting, you know, and, and really um, be something that is, you're not in feeling in deprivation. I want my clients always come away where it's, it's their alcohol to them is irrelevant, even though they might experience triggers from the past and, you know, old habitual patterns, which is completely normal. They're not wanting to go back. They're not sitting there saying, why can't I do this? They're saying, I don't want to do this. I'm, I'm done with that. That was a, that was a, you know, a different part of my life and I'm moving forward and I'm finding pleasure and purpose over here now. So, um, and I think that that's kind of the distinction between mindset too, is just like, are you going to hold on and grit your teeth and sit in the corner and pout? Cause you can't have a drink. Or are you going to show up? And I say, throw a better party and like put on your sparkle pants and go talk to everyone else and say, you know, you know, get curious. How are other people doing and what's going on and having just a new, a new perspective of every experience that you've done in that light. And I think it's just so true with everything we put ourselves in. Like it could be anything moving, being, becoming a parent, you know, all the things like you can show up grouchy about it, or you can, you know, dive in and, um, fall in love with it, even fall in love with the, you know, the not awesome things about it too. So, yeah. So Mary and I, and my mom, all three of us met at a goddess retreat in Mexico in 2018. So we were doing our work in the divine feminine and we came together mm. and, um, yeah, now we're still friends and we still connect. And so that journey was incredible for me and for her. And so, yeah, do you want to talk more about your journey to how you got to your holistic alcohol coaching? Uh, absolutely. So in the beginning of 20, so I, my, I have a son who's four years old and, um, I was, it was intentional. I was very excited to become a mother, although I didn't ever think I wanted to be one, but when the, t the clock was ticking, it was very obvious. And I was like, to my partner, I'm like, I'm doing it with or without you. So you want to <laughs> better jump on board. Um, and, um, and then he was like, he, so I, I stayed home. I left me, you know, my full-time job. I was actually working in real estate at the time, but I was still, you know, I was teaching yoga, um, here and there and, um, just fairly part-time and doing like personal training and stuff. But anyway, it was 2018. I declared as my year of yes. And I just thought I, you know, I really want to finally like next level myself. I didn't want to go back to working for someone else. I finally wanted to take my movement practice, all of the stuff I had studied for so long, fitness, um, and yoga and the holistic arts, um, to the next level. And so I just started showing up and I really wanted to create a new sphere for myself. My sphere was really small because I had been home with the baby. Real estate is a small, like you just know the people that you take out and then you don't have a lot of colleagues necessarily. So you're not, you know, you're just not meeting a ton of people. And before that I had been in the service industry for many years. So that was very much a party scene. Um, you know, you meet people via alcohol essentially. And, um, you know, you're, you're bonding at the end of the night. So I declared my year of yes, 2018. And I just started saying yes to more things. I've never been a shy person, but going out as an adult, especially as a mom and, you know, and not talking about dirty diapers is like a whole new thing. And you have to really make an intentional decision for that. And so, um, I started hula hoop dancing and that one thing saying yes to that one thing spiraled my entire life. I met 
the forum of the dance of that particular class is different from yoga because you're not just on your mat and quiet. There's time for actually like interacting. Everyone's, you know, everyone's learning it. It's not something you do. So drop in your hoop, you're, you know, you're all laughing and it's kind of a vulnerable thing. And um, I had really wanted to, as long as I had been in the yoga community, I really had never made any really close connections there. I, in, in retrospect, it was really because of my shame around my relationship with alcohol. I was kind of this party girl and I really was fear of judgment. I didn't want anyone to like figure it out. And as much as I loved that world and it served me and I really think it was my saving grace for going to the deep end ever, um, I just didn't make those connections, but I knew there were like amazing, fun people in that world. And I was finally ready to like, and this was before I stopped drinking altogether. I was finally ready to just be me and just say, you know what? I know there's people in every world that drink. There's people, you know, we all have shit, right? So it's just like, I knew that I didn't need to shame myself anymore, especially becoming a mom, something about that just like opened my eyes to we're all human. Our unique experiences what we need to be expressing. We need to be sharing that more and more. And so I had looked into doing a yoga retreat with some local Portland yogis and that was full. And it was actually at the Marta Hade and I saw the goddess retreat and I had done work with Sienna Sherman and I was like all in, I'm like, this is it. Like it was exactly what I needed to do. And um, then I found out more about the priestess path, meeting a Chintia and that when I fig found that out, it was like this door and I didn't talk about this at the beginning either, but I am have been studying the priestess path with the Chintia and um, have done some initiations in that. And um, this door that had just been waiting open for me, like revealed itself. And it was so obvious. And I immediately just fell right into it. And I started facilitating a, a women's circle. My, the way I was teaching, the way I was coaching and guiding completely just shifted when I started bringing in the divine aspect of it. Um, and when I was a little, when I was little, I grew up in a Catholic, um, in the Catholic church. I didn't go to Catholic school and it was really like, we were a liberal we're liberal Catholics, if you could imagine. Um, and I loved, I always loved the ceremony and the ritual of church. And I actually even thought about being a nun when I was little, but I knew that that didn't sound like as much fun as I wanted to have either. <laughs> um, and so the priestess passed with literally nothing I knew about. And I, um, it's definitely the path for me. And um, I just, I love that, that sovereignty of being, becoming your own, um, your own guide, your own governance, um, and moving from that place and just being, um, being an example for others, being supportive and having that, you know, that power with mentality, um, inviting, extending your hand to everyone, being open and just walking the path to with the sister, the sacred sisterhood that we've created and then creating that. Now I'm like, I feel like the grid that we created there and all the work I continue to do with a Chintia. And now I've done some other work with her. I went with to um, Avalon with her um, in April or no, excuse me. It was in September. And um, so I met another guide woman there that, um, is also a priestess path teacher and guide. And now the work I do here, I feel like I'm just adding to that grid of sisterhood. But it was something about that divine feminine essence that was never exposed to me really. Like I was close with my mother and she, 
you know, talked to me about a lot of things, but it was still like there was always this overarching masculine energy where it didn't go deep into that those intricacies of what it is to be a woman. And it was when I got to explore that with you guys that it was like the, the goddess called, I answered, she roared her beautiful head. And she was the one that was really like, it was like the day before I left Chicala, um, I pulled a card and I think it was, I don't remember. I think it was like Coventina. It doesn't really matter what the card is, but the message was very clear and I had been getting it throughout that year, it was like, you need to stop this drinking or it's going to, not only is it, are you going to end your life and look back and really be bummed out that you didn't answer your calling, but on a physical and health level, I was getting some signs that there might be something not good happening for me physically um, and emotionally. And, you know, I let the goddess kind of take over. Um, I was just cry thinking about it. And I let, I just really fell into her arms and fell into the arms of the sisterhood that I knew was there that I didn't even know existed. Um, cause I didn't have a lot of close female friends and, um, I'm just continuing to grow that. And I trusted and I continue to keep trusting with unflinching faith. And, um, I keep being caught and supported in every, in every step of the way. And it's been, um, a beautiful, unexpected, but at the same time, extremely familiar experience that I couldn't, I just like that retreat, you know, I just can't even imagine. I, I probably would have somehow found my way there because it was definitely happening already. But um, yeah, I just want to keep creating closer sisterhood because of that. And I just want us all to like, I just kind of keep envisioning this like giant party around my fire pit here, like dancing under the full moon and um, when we can all get together. So if that's a roundabout way, I mean, I've been on the path since I was 17. As soon as I found out about yoga, it, it like, it made so much sense to me because I always did have that relationship with the divine, but the way that it was presented to me in the church felt, felt so like not fun. And the, the patriarchy, I was like, no, this is like stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down. And I was like, no, I need to like move and sing. I've always loved to sing and dance. I sang my entire school career and I, you know, play some instruments and like, so anyway, when I found yoga and I found the breath and that really literal um, connection from the inner to the outer. um, And I always have loved to garden and I did that with my grandparents. And so anyway, like it all just has kind of I paid attention to, to the signs and I kept saying yes. And I think that's a really important piece too, especially of the work that I do. I, I tell, you know, women, it's like right away, you might not feel super energized to pop up and go meet the whole world, but like you do have to shift your focus. Like if you just quit drinking and sit around and stay home and watch Netflix all the time, you're not, you're going to feel like crap anyway, if you did that, you know, like you have to find what sparks joy in you and, and create a future focus of who is that woman that's waiting to rem- be remembered. And that's really what it is. It was an experience of remembering, a deep remembering of who I am on a soul, my soul self level. So, you know, uh, it's fun that you talk about the path of the priestess because that um, I learned years before I ran into you from my teacher from South America and thus wrote my book and, and you know, mm. and the art of being a woman. And it was really a lovely, like, we just never learned the real power of woman. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, and that like the things that are our simple joys and our giggly ways and our creative things and like, let's get in the car. Like all <laughs> of that is part of our just beingness. Mm-hmm. Yes. And because no one's honored or, or said it, like, let's face it, in one moment, we could call one woman and connect to probably every woman in the entire world. Mm-hmm. Like, no one built that. Nobody right. thought of that. It just exists. Mm-hmm. We have this communal network. And we have these incredible powers just in being a woman that really haven't been honored. So I can understand. It's like a coming home to like, oh, I'm allowed to be playful and... <laughs> I mean, I learned from a very playful school. It wasn't as much ritualistic and all the schools I'm in just have that more fun character about things. Mm -hmm. And we didn't have a lot of that. So I could, you know, that's why I took Erica and wanted her to go on that retreat because she had heard my story. But, you know, when your mom tells you. Yeah, it's a little little different. It's a little different than when you actually see. And that was the first time that three teachers were in collab like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm in the worldwide circle. So I, that's why I wanted to go because that's mm-hmm. what the feminine's about. Yes. And I loved that, that example. And that's why I really, you know, because there's, there are people that are not are always so authentic as well. And, um, to see the way that they created their sisterhood and, you know, um, and then like that spread the network of, you know, the introduction to the, all of their sacred arts and stuff. And, um, yeah, it was just, it was so beautiful. And, um, you know, I just think it's so interesting how we're coming back around to being in circle and there's places in the world still where women sit in circle. And it's so sad to think that in those places where women sit in circle, you know, naturally, and it's kind of part of, still part of their culture, they're usually don't have as much power in the community. And, um, and I think that that's kind of what happened is like we were almost put against each other in order to gain power to rise in the ranks of men. And I think that, you know, there's an, and this is something I, I really want to research more, but as it, it, it is a true statistic that as women have risen in power and become more equal to men as far as pay and work um, and moved out of the house, um, there, the increase of alcohol consumption has also gone along with that. And I kind of, for me, that was always an empowerment piece too of like, I would go to the bar by myself. I would sit at the bar by myself. I could do all of those things. And I thought it was like so cool or like empowered or whatever. And in retrospect, I realized, you know, anyone can do that, but I don't want to do, to do that because I didn't gain anything from it. And, um, you know, maybe it made me like less vulnerable to go out and meet new people. But in the end, it was I want to be empowered by being a woman, not, I don't want to need to empower myself by being like a man. And I think that that's kind of where we're coming back to is that it's not about female leadership. It's about feminine leadership. And that is such a diff that looks so different. And even in our house, we're really exploring that, like the roles that I have with my partner, who's a man and how, you know, we both have masculine and feminine roles at the same time and you know to teach we have a little blonde haired blue eyed boy that's going to be going out into the world and what i want to teach him about his innate you know privileges that aren't 
what you know that aren't necessarily his to have and what what his representation is in the world and how what women mean and you know he already is tuning into so many feminine practices we have like nightly rituals and oils and affirmation cards and you know being in community with in communion with nature and all of that stuff so it feels like there is a shift and it's taken a long time to come back around to like can we have both can we be in circle as feminine leaders and connected to the natural world and still make as much money as men you know it's just like such bs and it just sucks because it's like whether or not it was done intentionally which i think a lot of it was out of fear of emotion or fear of power um you know women having power it's just like man that repression and then that those years that have all had also been spent with women you know up against one another fighting for that one position and it's like so i just really hope that this these conversations and the work you're doing and the work i'm doing are just in the sister circles that are happening all over the globe now um Mm. are really going to hold true to real. And that's what I really want to emphasize in my circle is this is real community of, you know, maybe we'd only see each other once a month, but can you show up for a sister in need when you don't always feel like it, you know, going out of your way. And I think we live these individual lives so much. It's like we move away from the homestead. Now we're in our own home and I love seeing you guys together. My mother actually, when we just moved, she lives down the street from me now too. So we have, it's really nice to just be closer to family and um, to know that, you know, we don't need to be, as individuals, we don't need to be so separate all the time and we can share resources without lack. And I think that that's been another mindset that's just a story. It's like, if I promote you, then maybe it's taking away from me. It's like, no, I promote everyone. Like you can all have, if I have two, you can have both of them. I don't even care. I'll go get another one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's, I just can't live in that way. Like I, um, of course, if it came down to my family, like feeding them, I would, you know, I would take care of them first. But at the same time, I just, I think that the more we know that there's enough for everyone, the more we'll get, get back. And I really think that that's what women bring to the table is that sharing the open, open door, come sit down and can I make you some food and that, all of that stuff. Um, so I think our superpowers are just being women, frankly. <laughs> They're magical powers. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I love that you have t gone into alcohol because there's only like traditional, I mean, I don't know, maybe there are coaches. Yeah, I never heard of them. Um, because it's a huge problem. And even if it's you don't have a problem with it, maybe your husband does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe your child does. You know does. someone that Maybe has... your mom did. So it really mm -hmm. affects us all. Mm -hmm. whether we have a problem or not. And then the channels don't resonate with everybody because not everybody resonates with every type of technique. Yeah. Um, you know, so there are some programs out there, but perhaps they don't resonate with everybody because it's like right. school, you don't get all taught the same way. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I love that you're going in at really like kind of a hidden demon. Yeah. Um. And bringing just a new way to look at it that's like fun and exciting and 
it's no different than gambling or overeating yeah. or totally yeah. over shopping or whatever. And I, and I think you've said like, you don't really have rules. Like it's just kind of very intuitive. It's yeah. More awareness to what you, mm. why you're drinking and the emotional part of it, which I really thought was cool listening to your podcast. Thank you so much. And I, thanks for pointing that out. Cause that's the thing. It's like all of the rules that are made up and the, and it's actually been in the, um, I don't know who makes all the rules about the medical stuff. It's like the CDC or something, but the, um, the, they don't, they don't consider alcoholism the term anymore. It's like a alcohol disorder spectrum now because it's so it's not black and white and it could be an emotional dependency. It could be a real physical dependency. It could be any number of things. And I think putting all the rules and labels on it are really hindering for personal development. Mm -hmm. And that's really what I want people to take away from is it can be a joyful and amazing experience of finding out who you really are. Because for me, I was solving for problems with alcohol that I didn't even know I had, like, because I was drinking for so long regularly as I was coming into adulthood there was stuff that came up that I wasn't like intentionally using alcohol to cover up. I just didn't, I wasn't experiencing my full spectrum of emotion. So it just wasn't there. And when I was unraveling things, um, you know, things started to show up, but at the same time I was feeling so empowered by the work I was doing that, like you said earlier, like I could just let that story go. It's like it happened, but now I have the capacity to really, you know, move through anything. And that's something that I really encourage people to do now. And I was talking about a little bit on my podcast was how changing your relationship to alcohol or any really hard thing that's been an issue and your an ongoing issue in your life really grows your re inner resilience. Um, if you do it in the way of compassion and, um, and empathy and support um, or inspiration rather um, your resilience, like in this situation that we're in now, I've been able to just be with what's going on and taking mo things moment to moment and just really looking at it of like, how do how do I want to come out of this? How do I want to take this time? My son is home now. He was in preschool. How do I want to show up for that? Do I want to begrudge that? Or do I want to show up and fall in love with it? And, you know, and all of this resilience has been strengthened and it's always strengthened when we move through adversity, right? Any situation, but with alcohol, you really have to slow down to be a, become witness to the emotions um, and just detach from them, let them be what they are. Because for the first while, you know, it's a roller coaster and there, there is some, there can be some anxiety and depression. Um, but once you kind of get through that and you own that, like, I can be with these emotions, I can watch them, I can let them be. Um, then you're like, oh, there's nothing I can't do. I didn't die. No one got hurt. You know what I mean? Like really what's the worst that can happen? Um, and it's really the mental spiral that people go into. That's like, takes so much energy from them. Um, but I really like to encourage people to have fun, to get excited about, okay, well, if I'm not going to drink all the time, what's possible? Like, what is possible? I can do anything I want. And, um, and you have to be courageous and you have to be willing to, you know, step inside of a hula hoop or, you know, do any number of things, go make a new friend or just try something that you've never tried. But, you know, it's, I think failing forward and trying new stuff is better than thinking, you know, what if, or, you know, at the end of it all, having a regret or trying to create, you know, once you, especially once you move alcohol out, you become a clearer vessel for creativity. And like, you just start to get all these ideas and you want to paint and dance and, 
you know, make music. It's, it's really amazing. And honestly, having been in that situation with alcohol versus having never drank, I think that the growth is even for me more exponential because you see the difference. Um, and I'm not going to say people that have never drank in their life or never had a problem with it don't have potential for greatness because they, of course they do. But um, when you choose to really step into your power and then you see like, like now when I, it's very hard for me to even like kind of remember, I'm like, oh my gosh, like all of these things that I did and it just kind of seemed pointless really um, at this point. And there's no regret, of course. Um, but yeah, it's, it can be a really fun process. It has for me and it is for so many of my clients. They're like, oh my gosh, they're so happy, especially right now in quarantine that they're not drinking, that they're not being like, oh my gosh, I'm out of wine. Do I need to go to the store or, you know, whatever it is, or just that added fear and anxiety that can come also with, um, with the, you know, imbalance of hormones and chemicals in the body. So just so much more even keel. And I think that's the other perception in life is like things neither need to be, you know, so extreme and so fun or it's boring. And it's like, you know, no one said that, like, life can be, you can have elation in life, um, and ecstasy in life, even without it being like over the top, you know, like you have to add all these other things to it. Like if, if you allow yourself to slow down and tune in and be more present, I think that's the biggest piece is like the presence. If you don't do that and you're just like, Oh, but this, I want more, I want more. And you're kind of thinking about, you know, getting more, feeling more then then you're kind of just missing it what's there naturally altogether. So, um, and it, but it does, it definitely takes some recalibration of the, of the brain and of the mind to switch those stories, to switch the mindset and the focus. And even 20 years of, of mindfulness and yoga practice, like I said, I think really did support me in my transition. I mean, I know it did because I had those tools, but, um, it, you know, I hadn't been practicing them in every situation. So I had to go back and be like, okay, I'm in this new situation. I mean, I was drinking for everything, camping, you know, I would finish a hike, whatever. It was like a sun, sunny, sunny day and I'm in the garden. It's margarita time, you know. So I had to relearn how to enjoy kind of all the things without alcohol. But it was really easy because life's beautiful. And if you just remember that, then it just becomes much easier. So, and it's also okay to just like leave and not do something and go watch Netflix and take a nap if you want to, you know, like we have so many options that just knowing like the spectrum isn't drinking or boredom, like, and I think that that's what a lot of people think when they're in the beginning stages. And, um, so, and I'm excited for people to hear, I will definitely, um, you know, refer people to this podcast because I think hearing about what other women are doing and their magic and like the spectrum of ritual. I mean, that was the other thing that I really turned tuned into was my ritual practice and ritualizing my life and my intentions and taking things that are the ordinary and making them really special, you know, through just paying attention or just lighting a candle or adding something else sacred to it. Like you can make every moment a sacred ritual if you really let it. And then because alcohol is so ritualistic that in that way that, you know, it's, it's nice to see like, wow, I can feel this in a real way, a hundred percent without any, anything added. And it's magic. It's pure magic. 
Loved all of that, Mary. Well, before we finish this episode, is there anything that you would love to leave with our listeners today? I would like, and and I think that this can be for anything. And I think that this might've been something we talked about, Erica, was, um, you know, just as you're in quarantine, especially, um, and making decisions about alcohol, just kind of think about a future. I like to do like a 24 hour fast forward. Like you just pause for a minute, you take a deep breath and you think, you know what, if you're drinking or even something, maybe it's even food, like we're all trapped in and it's kind of like, you know, you're buffering from maybe a little boredom or the changing of your situation, but just do a little 24 fast hour fast forward. And sometimes it only takes a few hours. It's like, is this going to be of service to me? And then, you know, how is this going to make me feel after a drink or two? And then how am I going to feel the next day? And it's like, you know, you get that little shift in your mind for about 30 minutes. And then it's kind of like you have, that's why people keep drinking because you just want to keep meeting it. So I just say, just take, give yourself a pause of like, is this, is this situation going to serve me? Um, and how can I move forward with it? And um, if anyone needs any help with it, I'm here to support people in any way that they need. So just to take care and really be, if you're with your loved ones, just be in the gazing in the eyes of your loved ones right now and knowing that there's someone that's a phone call away. And I think just really tapping and tuning into community and who is naturally there to support you is the best thing we can do. Cause we, we do have that, you know, as, if you're eating, you're drinking, you have shelter, like we're doing good and, and we've got this. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Mary. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Well, that was really an interesting program. Like I am really excited by her art. Um, yes. I love how she's using a holistic way to help people and it seems like it's not even like she said it's more about empowerment rather than just drinking alcohol and working on that on yourselves and yeah she is a magical woman that's for sure yeah and I you know it's a great way to look at it because like all of our ales are it doesn't really matter what the addiction or craving is Mm -hmm. you know the expanded spiritual path is going to support it um, embracing yours. I mean, it's just all empowerment. So I just love that because I've never heard of that. And I love the approach and I just love all of the stuff she shared. Yeah, her divine feminine as well, which I know you, well, me and you, we both are very in tune with. And mm-hmm. just how she kind of is incorporating that in all aspects of her life, in her coaching, and making a community of women to come together monthly just to show up for each other and to be supportive is so important right now yeah and i'm just loving all the different inspiration on all our shows like yeah it's just been way more um empowering than i ever anticipated mm-hmm. in a I, lot of ways to I watch agree. people's journeys yes you know and have them share tidbits because we're always feeling really good after these shows yeah <laughs> and if you loved hearing mary or want to get in contact with her with her holistic alcohol coaching all the information is down below in the show notes i'm sure she would love to help you in any way possible and if you loved listening to this today leave us a comment of review share it with your friends or family we would love to hear from all the listeners that are listening to us so don't be shy and let us know how you felt about any of the episodes. So thank you so much for tuning in. We're sending you all the love and lights.